everybody. This is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and, of course, the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the fourth season of the FX anthology series Fargo. Let's bring Mom in right now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. I understand some congratulations are in order. Well, sort of, yeah. Well, actually, really big congratulations are in order. I'm not sure if more for Dad or more for me, but we are celebrating (laughs) our 40th wedding anniversary. Whoa, 40 years. Let's get the prices right. Whoops and clangs for this one. Whoa, whoa. 40 years. Yes. How amazing. How does it feel? It is amazing. It feels... uh, It feels like uh, we've won the Olympics. (laughs) Has it been all smooth sailing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Uh, It has definitely not been all smooth sailing. But it's it feels like a battle well won. Yes. Is it smooth sailing for anyone? It can't be, right? No. And wouldn't that be a little bit boring, maybe? I Yes, I think you would. I would be suspicious of a 40-year uh, union that had not had its ups and downs. Um, because, as you have told me, I've really learned this from you, you know... After you get married, you continue to grow as a person and to evolve, and um, you have to grow together, and you have to, you know, I've been married 10 years now, you have to constantly um, reassess and make sure the your two puzzle pieces fit together well, and I think it's a testament to you that you've managed to do that. Now, are you taking notes while I'm talking? Are you scribbling notes? Yes. I am writing notes. I'm sorry. I'll stop. Not on what I'm saying, obviously. I'm just talking to the cat right now. (laughs) Well, let me tell you my cat story. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This continues a long tradition of you never listening to me on the podcast. Go ahead. I am listening to you. I realized that I was making scratchy noises, so I put the pen down, and and I'm practicing my segues. Okay, and I just stepped on that one. So go ahead. Let's have a cat story. There you go. So Daddy and I, uh, you know, have this cat named Toast that is, uh, he's he's very opinionated. Um, He tries to tell me when it's time to go to bed. He's a real pain in the neck. And uh, he's really also not very good at cat things, such as catching a mouse. However, I came down this morning, and he had indeed caught a mouse, and all he ate was the head. Oh, the best part. Oh, oh. So I came down, and the first thing that greeted me was this headless mouth, mouse that had been licked, like, to with it. I think he probably licked him to death. And it, it, isn't, it isn't good for your stomach. to to start the day off like that i'm done with meals for the day just listening to this story Uh, yeah 
You know, so I, I could understand. This is what I think. I could understand if you didn't eat the tail because that would be like eating the tip. The tips on the claws of a lobster, you know, and sometimes they can be a little <laughs> fishy tasting. So I could see why the tail doesn't appeal. But, you know, wouldn't that big soft belly body part be the best part? Not the head. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't eat a mouse to begin with. So exactly. at that point, I can't exactly. really critique the cat's culinary choices. Um, but uh, maybe they like that crunch. And now I'm done talking about this. I just can't. Okay. 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 People want us to go back to tasting the gross Kit Kats. They're going to say, at least that was better than this. <laughs> Despite the chomping and chewing. <laughs> Um, you know, I have uh, Soupy. Um, I have two cats, as regular listeners know, Soupy and Nipsey. And I just Soupy's the bigger of the two. And I just felt like he was getting a little thin. And I took him to the vet recently, and he was losing a little weight. And he has hyperthyroidism, which is apparently very oh. common in cats. Um, so he has these benign tumors on his thyroid, which, like I said, is a very common, uh, happening. And so the vet presented me with two options. She said, you could put him on medication for the rest of his life, or there's this, um, radiation treatment that's like one shot and you're done. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what's the what's the catch with the radiation treatment? Like that seems mm. that seems like the way to go because the medication apparently also involves like monitoring his blood, so he has to go in for tests all the time. And oh boy, uh, I don't know. It didn't. Even the vet was kind of you know nudging me toward the radioiodine treatment because it's expensive once, but then you don't you're not paying for medication for the rest of your life. So she said it is cheaper in the long run not cheap by any stretch of the imagination but and then i find out as i'm talking to the people who are actually going to do the procedure and they're like yes and of course um soupy will have to have be quarantined in his own area of the house for two weeks after he gets home and you can be the only one who has any contact with him like you'll have to be the designated caretaker if you're you know because i'll bring him and go pick him up because and they and they said the kids cannot get anywhere near the cat because um, he'll be radioactive. Right, right, right. Um, now are they are they? Is this a process to kill the thyroid? To kill the tumor on the thyroid. Oh, but it'll. But what will it do to the thyroid? Well, it will leave the thyroid as intact as possible. They did say that one thing that could happen is. Like, one side effect can then be that the cat has hypothyroidism instead right. of an overactive right. and underactive one. And the vet said, but that's relatively easy to address. I mean, I could end up in a situation where he goes through this procedure and then he's on medication for the rest of his life but, anyway. Right. So, but these are the, I think I've talked about on the on the show before, like, I love these cats. I love animals. I, I hate the vet. I just, I always, <laughs> I always feel like it's a mind game. We've talked about getting their teeth cleaned and that's so expensive and seems so traumatic to the cats. They have to be put under. I just, I hate doing that, but the vet's really like, oh, you should do this. So I, yeah. I, I always, I mean, 
it's tough to have your deep caring about, I mean, this is just pets. It happens with kids, too, and that's like an order of magnitude more um, fraught. But it's right. tough to have your deep caring collide with, like, is the like is the vet trying to make a dollar on this or yeah. uh, you know and it's tough so that's what i'm well, struggling with radioactive cat yeah and that that is tough that is very tough and and i hear what you're saying about the vet um toast is going to get his rabies shot and i will have to wait in the parking lot while they take him in yeah and do whatever um And I'm okay with that. That's not a problem. Except that I will remind you of the time that I took him when he was very lethargic and laying on the heater and not moving, not not really eating. And I took him and it was like $300, $200, something like that. And I, they said, well, I, we think he has blah, blah, blah. And I brought him home, and then I found out that he'd gotten into a huge bag of catnip, and he was really just stoned. <laughs> I do remember this now. <laughs> yeah, he just went on a little bender. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like someone who had uh, one too many brownies, and then they're just... Yeah. <laughs> But so the, the vet does not recognize over catnipped. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the vet diagnosed him with something? Oh, yeah. So he thought maybe he had uh, not not feline leukemia, but feline something that there's no test for. and But maybe it's the thing that comes before that. Um, but there's no way to know that. And oh, I just, I called the vet and I said, look, I really didn't like this vet that saw my cat today. And a, a vet that I have a relationship, not mm. a relationship, but you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he said, uh, he looked over the notes and he said, well, you know, this is uh, what I would have done too. And I realized that it's an employee of his. He has to stick up for him but i never saw him again and now he's gone from that practice i guess he moved on oh there you go problem solved so it sounds like you got him fired good job no (laughs) you brought in your stoner cat and then got him fired so wow banner day for you oh so anyway um i do understand what you're saying um i think also you know when people have i think it's graves disease, which is a thyroid thing, and they attack it with uh, uh, radiation, that they also have to quarantine themselves for a period of time. Mm. So I do feel for you because it's you're really between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I mean, we're going to we're going to do it, I think. And that's, you know, I talked it over with Anna and then decided to do it. And then I tell her about this quarantine business and then she just, she started to get cold feet about the whole thing. And, you know, I said, we'll quarantine um, Soupy in the basement bathroom. 
and they'll turn it into a cat palace, you know? Um, yeah. That's where their litter box is already, so, like, that's already a home base for him. Not right. that he spends a lot of time hanging out there, but I'll make it nice for him to hang out. He'll be in there. We've got other bathrooms we can use, and it's easy to keep that door closed. So, to me, it was problem solved, but... Um, then Anna started saying, like, well, don't you think he'd be more comfortable in our bedroom? <laughs> and I said, well, we can't sleep in there with him. Like, we can't we can't right. spend extended time with him. And she said, well, I'll sleep on the couch. And I said, well, so I'm sleeping downstairs for two weeks for the sake of a radioactive cat having a little more space. Um, so, and then she started talking about, she started talking about, like, can we rent an Airbnb? And just give him the whole house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I could see him now. He'd be out in the kitchen turning the oven on, making phone oh, calls. My God. Oh, very bad, very bad idea. Hey, speaking of Anna, happy birthday to Gretchen. Oh, yeah, good memory. We are taping this on Gretchen's birthday. That's my mother-in-law. We've never had her on the show. I've I've brought it up a few times. We could have a mom-in-law on pop segment, but you always swat that right down. <laughs> yep. Mom always and puts the <laughs> Gretchen, I just want to let you know. I've been open to it, but mom always puts the kibosh on it. Whew, right quick. <laughs> that, is, that is so not true. That is so not true. And you better not it's, edit this it's out. It's pretty true. It's not true at all. Okay. I'm, I'll I'll leave it. Uh, it's on the record. So we both have our sides of the story. Mine, the correct one. And A you lie. also have uh, had your input. I'll leave both sides of the story in. And the <laughs> listeners can decide. <laughs> I love Gretchen. I think she's... Uh, a great lady. Yeah, she sure is. She sure is. Uh, the kids wished her a happy birthday this morning. So. Oh, really? I heard different. <laughs> well, I heard one. I heard oh. one of the children was not really willing to participate. Oh yeah, that's right. Leo wouldn't sing happy birthday. Instead, he just decided to be a four-year-old jerk, as they sometimes <laughs> decide to do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And uh, uh, but anyway, so and let me just wrap this up. Matt is bringing dinner over from Maine for us for our anniversary, which I think is so sweet and very generous and so kind. Which, which I realize now just probably made you, made you feel. Yeah, well, I, so yeah, I was just about to say, how about I'm sorry, Johnny the yeah. asshole? See, I told people <laughs> I'm the biggest asshole out of all the siblings, and you have just proven it to be correct. Well, that wasn't my, that was not my intention. No, that was just a happy side effect for you. Yeah. Message received. Oh, that is not true. And Daddy sent flowers, and um, they're very pretty, and I appreciate that, too. Okay. Merrick, I, get, I get it, Mom. I get the message. All right. Well, well just let me just say this. <laughs> what did Merrick, Merrick do? Yeah. Merrick, when Merrick, he was coming, he came over to say goodbye because he was up for the whole week, but he was here when they were delivered. And he and he said, he said, if these flowers are from Jenna, I am going to be really pissed and really. He went on and on this poor delivery woman. And uh, he said, because I'll be the only one that didn't do something. And 
Um, but fortunately, they were from Dad, so he felt better. He assumed I would do something. Wow, that's... Uh... As we have established, I was not even really aware that it was happening, even though I could have done the math. So, uh, well, that's it. So you're off the hook, Merrick. <laughs> and we know he listens. Those sneakers, by the way, were for your anniversary. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to amend those Lisa Simpson sneakers we talked about last week. Those were your anniversary gift. Ah, ha, ha, oh, see? interesting. Dad can't wear them, though. They were a big hit at the co-op this week, though. <laughs> at the supermarket? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a quarantine story I have here in my notes, or should we well, march ahead to yes. fart? Okay, go ahead. Well, let me just tell you yeah. that now now there's been a big outbreak of COVID in Warner, so... Oh, jeez, really? Yeah, we are back in quarantine form, just as I was getting more comfortable with dipping my toe outside the front door, we are now back in solid quarantine again. What happened in Warner? Uh, the nursing home. Oh, okay. Yeah. But So this hasn't, this isn't the state saying stay inside. No. It's you. Oh, my It's God, you no, it's, deciding. Yes. That's right, because the government is, doesn't want to tell you anything, so you have to have some common sense and decide for yourself. Well, it's um, it's live free or die, and I think that the government is just saying, well, why not both? Yeah, have at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Warner's living free. Although I guess Poor if it's in Warner. a nursing home, that's not really, that's not quite the same as like a super spreader party or something like that. No, but you figure most of the uh, employees, nurses, staff live in that area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not downplaying the badness of it, but it just is not oh. quite the picture that I, the same picture that I had. It doesn't seem, it's not as outlandish an irresponsibility, I guess. Although it is also quite bad, and maybe it is just as irresponsible. So what do I know? Let's judge what? them. Oh, let's. All right. <laughs> You're always down for that, right? A little judging. I always, yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. All right, let's judge him. I'm going to do a little judging right now. Uh, typical Warner. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't you know it? That's always a story with Warner. Yeah. By the way, for people who don't know, Warner is a town in New Hampshire near where Mom lives. It's not adjacent, though, right? Sutton's in between, right? That's right. Yeah. Sutton. I bet Sutton is just uh, licking their fingers clean, right? You could You could practically eat off Sutton. Practically, yeah. But, you know, we have had no cases, In so Walmart. everybody should live here. Yeah. Well, you know what the key to having no cases is? No people. Hey, we've got a lot of people. <laughs> we have some people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, if you if the whole town were, like, putting together a football team, you'd have a lot of people. <sighs> All right. Moving on. What, do you take pride in the population of Wilmot, which at my last check was like 1,200? It's like a high school class spread across a oh, whole no. huge town. No. Yeah? I think we, no, don't we have like 5,000 people? No, 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 no. It was 1,000 when I was a kid, and it's like 1,200 now. Oh. 
All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Should we talk about Fargo? We should. All right. On this episode of Pop Mom, we are talking about the recently premiered fourth season of Fargo, which just premiered on FX. This is an anthology series, so it started out pretty close to the movie, and then it feels like each season is a little more of its own thing, still maintaining that spirit of the Coen Brothers film Fargo, but really becoming its own anthology. And this season, we see Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman as the respective heads of two crime families in Kansas City in 1950. Uh, that's right, 1950 it goes all the way back to, right? I think this is the right. this is the earliest time period we've seen in Fargo yet. Here is a clip. What you need, son? Just throw some coins together. That's all. Just just a cup of joe. Cup of joe. That's why your eyes so runny. Too much sanker? Let me see what I got for you. You see that? What happened on his face when I pull out my roll? What do we call that, doctor? Call that the blight. The blight. See, five seconds ago, this young hustler was fingering the holes in his pocket, living the now. But then he sees this, and he starts to dream. With that much cash, I can make plans. Turn my shit around. So now, he's planning months into the future. Sees himself all cleaned up, fine girl on his arm. Then what do you know? He ain't even colored no more. He's J.P. fucking Morgan. An American success story. But watch this. Hey, 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 hey. You see that? I just stole from that man. Forget it weren't his money. Just seeing that much scratch, he made a future for himself. And I took that from him. So, am I getting paid or? Get the fuck out of here. You can catch new episodes of Fargo Sunday nights on FX, and of course the following day they are made available on Hello! Mom, how far would you go for another episode of Fargo? I don't think I'd go to North Dakota. No. I don't think so. For this season or for any season? Oh, no. I thought the first two seasons were just outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Last year, uh, I got very confused and... Uh, I didn't really like the characters, um, but I was very enthusiastic about this year because it it looks so interesting. And who doesn't love Chris Rock? Yeah, and Jason Schwartzman. And right, and where do I know him from? Um, you know him from Wes Anderson movies like Rushmore. Um, he had an HBO series called Bored to Death, and he pops up in a lot of stuff. Well, they're all very talented, mm-hmm. and and uh, they're all very interesting, and it's it has its quirkiness. Oof, um, does it ever? <clears throat> does it ever? Uh, and I I do like it. I have to say that this season 
given the timing of what's going on in the United States, it's very uncomfortable. Because it's it's about race and ethnicity and all that, in yes. part. In part, in part. And um, I think while I never was a racist, I'm very aware of some of the perceptions that I just sort of took for granted mm. and didn't didn't think very much about that I do now, that I do think yeah. more more carefully and more in depth. And so a lot of this is uh, scraping up against my skin uh, in an uncomfortable manner. Hmm. Do you have an example? I mean, I know what um, you're talking about, but I just... Uh, do you want to get in specifics? Well, I just think it's, uh, you know, the fact that <clears throat> in the first episode, how it's portrayed that the Jew, the Jewish community was in charge and then the Irish came in and sort of overran them and the Italians came in and overran them. And, and then the black syndicate comes in and they want to take charge and that's the that's the playbook but yeah. it gets it gets even more complex uh, within those groups well not not necessarily the the earlier groups but you know it come becomes between the black syndicate and the italians now who who have problems within their own group yes yeah um the italians are riven the um Something happens to the big boss of the Italian gang very early on in the season, and sort of Jason Schwartzman's role is then sorting out the aftermath of that um, and taking command. Um, and if you know Jason Schwartzman and can picture him, I think even without having seen the show, you can imagine what a Jason Schwartzman type taking command looks like. It's not the most authoritative, pounding the table type <laughs> thing, right? Right, right. I think the discomfort is is probably intentional. You know, the characters yes. speak in ways sometimes that are really bracing, I guess I'll put it that way, to modern ears. But I have to say also, I felt like I'm three episodes in. I think you're four in to the season, yes. right? Um, yeah. I do feel like that it's not quite as um, not quite as thudding as the season progresses as it was in the first episode where... There were times in the first episode where it was like, okay, I I get it. Like you're yeah, you're making yeah. your point, but you're you don't need to make it this baldly. Not because it was making me uncomfortable, just because I thought it was uh, a little condescending to the audience at times. Right, right. And I have down a little, um, a bit heavy-handed. Yes. So I guess yeah. that's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. I at. get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say I think. I still think that at the heart of the season, like to me, the theme or at least one theme was introduced with in the first episode, we see a number of times this ritual of all these men gathered oh. on opposite sides of the room. And you've got it starts out. You've got the the Jewish gang on one side and the Italian or the Irish gang on the other side. And they're all stomping like it's this ritual where they're all stomping the floor and then the families trade children like they trade young sons so the 
the um, Irish son goes over to live with the Jews, and the Jewish son goes over to live with the Irish, and this is supposed to keep the peace, although it never does. Um, and it, but it's so stupid on its face, and I just I loved the image of this stomping because I f- yeah. felt like it was a picture of here's how men make stupid things seem. <laughs> reasonable and even proper with ritual and tradition and these stories that stretch back for a stretch back until time immemorial like we don't remember how this thing started but we're just going to keep going going through it well that's that's a wonderful analysis because for me that sums up the whole catholic church (laughs) well i think it is supposed to yeah i think it's supposed to then be something that you extrapolate because Look, the you have this uh, feral brother who comes over from oh. Italy, right? And uh, this guy who looks like a raging bull practically never blinks. He's got these huge eyes. Um, I forget the brother's name, but he just basically— Gitano. Get, oh, very good. Um, yeah, Gitano just, in every scene, he just snarls and, and talks about killing someone, and he frames it all in, like, this is our story, going back to the old country, and this is, you know, this is who we are. And so I think that uh, one big theme of the season is these stories we tell ourselves to justify irrational behavior and to justify men making messes to make themselves feel like men um that to me and so i think that i'm trying not to spoil events of the plot for for peoples um but i think that as we march along this basic theme seen with the stomping and the trading of sons um develops into a broader sort of interrogation of how um these male-dominated societies or structures in society behave. Right. And I'm going to tell you that if women were running it, it would look nothing like this. Well, you wouldn't be trading kids, that's for sure. That's for sure. And then treating them poorly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Chris Rock's family treats their imported son rather well, and while Chris Rock's son is being fed peanut butter sandwiches instead of eating with the family or he's being kept isolated with a, with an Irish immigrant. I think he's Irish. He is Irish. He's the son who was traded over the last time they did this. Right. 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 And he stayed and pulled a little switcheroo. Again, this is all sort of laid out in the first episode. But yeah, you have these two in the Italian family's uh, compound. You have basically these two orphaned sons. You know, Chris Rock's son, his family's still alive. They're still there, but he has no way to get at them. So yeah, that's a a sad room, that attic room where those two fellas are holed up. That's right. Now let's talk about a lighter person. Orietta Mayflower. <laughs> yeah, she's a barrel of laughs, isn't she? <laughs> she <laughs> I don't know if she's a barrel, but she is uh, not only a mess, but she's hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm on to you, mister. Spying on a chaste and proper woman in the course of her day? What would the preacher say? I'm not spying on you. 
her face. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you're a cheeky devil. Dollars to donuts. And don't get me wrong, I've had my fair share of suitors. None that are worth the paper they're printed on. But after our encounter the first and then again at the funeral, I said to myself, I said, Orietta, this one's different. Who are you? Very funny, you. Trying to play coy after tracking me down to my new place of work. Maybe this will refresh your memory. And a terror, and not just a mess. And a terror, right. And, and really, really uh, dances to her own drummer. Uh, she's a nurse. She's involved in drugs. She's uh, very quirky. Um, and a, and as outrageous as she is, she's some comic relief when things get heavy. Yes, she is. Um, who plays her? Let me look that up before we keep talking. Oh. Jessie Buckley is the actress's name. Oh. I don't know her at all. No, I don't know her at all. But she is a, a real breath of uh, contaminated air. <laughs> so you like her. I do like her. You're happy her. when she's on the screen. Interesting. I am. Because I am. My friends uh, who I've talked to, to about the show aren't sure about the nurse. Because she is oh. so, her manner is so affected. And she's like, um, she's from Minnesota. So she is this season's like avatar of Minnesota nice, which is a part, has been part of Fargo since the movie. And that's like the this key concept that they play with, Minnesota nice. This series is in Missouri. Um, so they imported uh, the right. Minnesota nice. and But in fact, she's not Minnesota nice at all, which... Tends to no, be, no. Tends to be the case on Fargo. Um, she bakes an apple pie and puts Ipecac in it. and Which of, I found irritating because if you've ever been around Ipecac, when you open the jar, it takes your breath away. Um, it's very distinctive. Tastes like licorice with no sugar. And it is... You wouldn't, you would never be able to disguise it in a pie like that. Oh, is that so? Interesting. I've never encountered it. I mean, I know what it is, but I've never had it, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that image was really upsetting to me, and purposely so, I'm sure, but, oh, that Ipecac apple pie, I couldn't get it out of my brain. I I agree. It was awful. And then the character does end up eating it, and the whole time I just felt like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I do feel like her reaction to it was pretty mild compared to what would actually happen if you ate half a along, pie. With, oh, that's yeah. right. Along with the amount of time that it took to... Yeah. Re- it's yeah. very quick acting. It's quick. It is. It is very quick. So I did... Uh, I, I was distracted by that. I also was distracted by the... I know they did this in the first two. I can't remember if they did it in the third one, but the drum beating uh soundtrack i found very distracting now they did not do that in the fourth uh episode do you know what i'm talking yes, about yes i do yes i do um that is i think that's a note they turned to when chris rock um and his uh cadre are the are the focus i think it comes up in a lot of their scenes um i it doesn't fit I'm. Uh, yes, exactly. 
it doesn't fit, and maybe that is the intent for it to stand out. Because look, this is a this is a black crime family um, in the middle of a very white setting. So I think that the drum is supposed to accentuate the fact that they can't help standing out, um, and they get sort of a different sounding soundtrack. But I don't know. That's just my theory. But I'm with you that it 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 always stuck out to me from the and it's always a very lush orchestral soundtrack on Fargo. But this um, this is a different sound. My guess is yeah. it's on purpose. But I also was distracted by it. It's funny that you bring yeah. it up. Yeah. Well, I did because I I just didn't like it. And I and I you know when you're watching something and you're thinking why am I feeling edgy? Why am I? What is the problem here? So. That's what the problem was. It was just irritating to me. Now, here's another question I have for you. Uh, The Black Syndicate has stolen a shipment of guns that they are going to sell to a group in Fargo. So are we going to move to Fargo or is the action going to stay where it is? I don't know um, because... Fargo always has this trick up its sleeve. Um, it can change location and it can jump in time um, uh, in a very uh. startling fashion, which it has done before. It leaps forward years in time in the middle of the story. So I don't know. Okay. There's 11 episodes, it looks like, and mm-hmm. this is only the fourth one. So there would be time for that sort of thing to happen. Yeah. My guess is there will be some jarring change to the setting. Yes. Okay. Well, it is a very lush uh, cast, um, a little nerve-wracking. The funeral director's family lives across from this crazy nurse right now, Mm -hmm. and she is insinuating herself into their lives. For (laughs) what reason? I don't know, but um, there's going to be some trouble there because the young daughter went to work for her, organizing her house and cleaning and has left some evidence of herself there. Oh, I haven't seen this yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's all right. Well, so anyway, that should be interesting. You know, I feel like the funeral home, I do think, and maybe this changed in the episode that you've seen beyond what I've watched, but my interest slacks a little bit when we get to the funeral home. Um, Ethel Rita, the young girl, uh, I don't really think there's that. I don't know why we're supposed to be intrigued by her. I'm not really. Um, And the, I'm not intrigued by anything that's going on at the funeral home. Well, I'm intrigued with this in that here is this, this white man married to uh, a woman of color. You know, that was not a real big thing that was going on in 1950. No. Well, they make that pretty clear. Yeah. I, I just wonder what that pairing is supposed to mean. What does that mean? Mm. Yeah, I've wondered that too. Maybe we'll okay. see. And maybe we'll see. Uh, you know, there's usually so much depth to these shows, Fargo, these episodes of yeah. Fargo. And I don't know if I'm just waiting for a clue or missing a clue. And I'm just riding the wave right now. I feel like the overall theme is do one of the classic. Um, problems of living in america do you assimilate or do you Mm. stick with your your story the story of yourself and the your identity 
I feel like everybody's choosing that to continue the old story or to make a new one. Um, to continue the story of their past, or you hear, like you hear the Irish guy say, you know, what are you, Irish? And he says, I'm American. Like, I think I'm right. American is like the new story. This is the immediate post-war era. I think like America is the new story, and everybody's trying to decide, well, what story am I going to tell? Which one helps me survive? Which one makes sense? Um, right, right. I don't know. That doesn't really answer your concern at all, but I feel like that's a big thrust of this season for everyone. Right. Uh, which I think makes it very timely. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Particularly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's so, it's so intriguing. Although it is discouraging to me to feel like we have not come beyond that, come be, come beyond this, this scenario that we're seeing laid out in front of us. Yeah, um, I share that feeling. Um, I mean, it's not an unfamiliar feeling in 2020. Uh, I thought we'd move beyond this, but yes. I don't have anything interesting to add there. No, I mean, that's just the, that's just it. Uh, we worked at this. We went through the 60s. We had, uh, you know, summer of love. Uh, and here we are. We're, we're still telling the same story. And uh, I find that unacceptable well put what's your grade for season four of fargo mom so far um so far uh i i'm gonna give it a b because i wouldn't want to miss it every week i want to see what it's trying to tell me and i'm very curious about that Hmm. all right that's a b for fargo season four mom do you have any recommendation for us this week i do i have two recommendations one of them is vote early. Mm, good one. Our votes are in. <clears throat> as 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 our dad's and mine also. Good job. Yep. Now for entertainment, here's a here's a wonderful show to watch. It's it's not political, it's mindless, it's fun, interesting. It's called This Farming Life. It's on <laughs> I forget what I said it was on. Oh, Prime. Yes. Amazon Prime. Takes place in Scotland. There's four seasons. It's families that live in Scotland, that live in the hills, live in the middle of nowhere, and have sheep and cattle that graze on the lands and how hard it is. But it's it's very interesting and it's very relaxing. There's a few things that are not relaxing, but for the most part, it's very relaxing. And it's called This Farming Life on Amazon Prime Video? Right. Okay, great. Here's a little plug. I've got a new video up on the O-Logical YouTube channel. It's all about The Price is Right. In fact, it's a close visual analysis of the host entrance, the host coming through those big doors and going to get his microphone you may not believe you could make a whole video about this, but go on YouTube, search for the O-Logical channel, and I will prove you wrong. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, and it's fascinating. It, you, you'll just roll your eyes when you say, oh, what is this? And then you watch it, and it's just, <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> yeah. There was a comment on the video a couple of days ago. Um, somebody said, 24 minutes about the Price is Right host entrance, and then they wrote, 24 minutes later, huh, that was interesting and succinct. (laughs) 
And I agree. Uh, and that's not counting any prejudice. It really was so interesting. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's O Logical on YouTube and This Farming Life on Amazon Prime. And that is the extent of our recommendations. And that's the extent of our show this week. It is. And we didn't even insult anybody, did we? Well, we've still got a couple seconds left. Mom and I will be back next <laughs> week to talk about more pop culture. Although the question is, what should we talk about, Mom? You got any ideas? Oh, Yes, definitely something interesting. Oh, that'll work. Something interesting. So tune in for that. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs>